One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. center of the galaxy this is the four center podcast feed and this particular episode of the four center podcast feed is the bad batch report (laughs) and you were just treated to some karaoke by chopper yeah. Uh, of course, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. That is not Chopper. That is Ken Napsock making beautiful mouth noises. <laughs> oh, Chopper, my relationship with you has gone from disdain to absolute love. Yeah, so. and I think in this uh, surprise appearance, this was a pretty restrained Chopper. 
on my second viewing, I was actually bummed that it was a restrained chopper. <laughs> I had the same thing. It's like, did I miss some moment of some like really big wild chopper stuff? Like, no. He, about as far as he goes is saying, uh oh, in his <laughs> chopper voice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, 19, 17 or so years uh, later when we meet him, uh, 16 or so, whatever, you guys all know the math. Uh, I, I think he's a little that older and cares less type of chopper. I'll say what I want to say. I'm oh, yeah. He's been through a lot by then. Yeah. 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 Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have more oh. chopper thoughts? No, no. Oh, I mean, I'm sure we will, but it was just a welcome return from an old friend that I did not like in season one. <laughs> I was right there with you. I believe we both called him a fart bot, mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. that fart bot stole our hearts. <laughs> he did. Uh, very happy to see him. Let's dive into this. This is a very different episode. Uh, we're talking about episode 11 of The Bad Batch. It is called Devil's Deal, written by uh, Tamara Betcher-Wilkinson, directed by Stuart Lee, a director uh, known in Star Wars animation, once again, very consistent in episode length, around 24, uh, 25 minutes of, of actual content, unless you really, really love knowing all of the voice actors from all of the regions where it's played. <laughs> then yeah. you have even more minutes of content to enjoy. Ken, uh, there are only five episodes left. Do you have any sense right now of where this is going? What is the big climax of season one in your mind? Uh, uh, I, I want to say some kind of confrontation with Crosshair, Rampart in that way. And this this episode both threw me off the, the path a little bit. But then when you think about it, no, we're right on that. Uh, the, the, the rebellion growing in its own way. And I don't, I don't mean the rebellion with a capital R, but just the rebellion around the galaxy is, is already starting. And, and the Bad Batch is going to be more and more involved, which we want Bad Batch to make that big choice beyond just they're doing runs for Sid here, which is put a pin in that idea there of Sid being involved in a lot of these things. So yeah, uh, I, I, I think we're heading towards that kind of season one confrontation where the fight truly is on. Yeah. I, I'm feeling like the crosshair dynamic is going to be resolved. And I still kind of feel like uh, maybe some of the big issues, maybe the fate of uh Camino, maybe the bad batch deciding, you know, who they really want to be in this new galaxy. Maybe some of those, big picture things aren't going to be entirely decided and it is going to really end not with a cliffhanger, but with the bad batch dealing with crosshair in that relationship. And then really being fully formed as a unit with uh, Omega mm-hmm. and looking toward the the future, you know, maybe yeah. it will end with them sort of accepting like, yeah, whatever we do, we're going to be a part of this rebellion. Cause that's, that's the reality of the galaxy right now. We can't avoid it. Maybe that, but it is really make, making me feel like there's uh, that this is being constructed with lots of room for future seasons. Yeah, uh, it really is because it, it is doing a great job of setting setting that table for the galaxy as it is right now, and all these new characters and well, not new, but returning characters and planets coming in to just really paint that big picture. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Some uh, different dishes set on the table. So let's yeah. talk about the uh, dishes in Devil's Deal. <laughs> what was your overall reaction? Did you love it, like it, struggle with it? This was a really different episode. The yeah. Bad Batch, who you might know from the title of the show, was barely, they were barely in the episode. So how did you feel? A cameo. Uh, this was at the same time one of my favorite little chapters in the entire animated side of the uh, of the Star Wars saga. Really was really just a wonderful episode that that pulls from things. Yeah, you you already know, but I think if you're just seeing this for the first time, you get it, and they're always excuse me always aware of that. So that worked for me. And then yeah, I, oddly I'll say, I say oddly frustrating in the sense that the episode ended the first time I saw it, and we end on Hera, and I can, you know, 
I got it. Loved, I loved the episode. And I just was like, oh, man, it just seemed weird to kind of ba- sidestep the Bad Batch for me. However, I, I, we always say here, give it a minute, right? You think about it. Don't be, don't tweet. Don't make your sweeping judgments yet. <laughs> you go back. And the story clearly clearly, uh, clearly will uh, continue. And I, I think this quote-unquote lack of Bad Batch won't be felt at season's end because I think this moves the entire story forward like you and I were just talking about, the big picture that the Bad Batch is in. And I think this will just not just make more sense. It just will feel more right at the end of it all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I had that, like I'm tuning in uh, to watch uh, bad batch and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see, you know, uh, what uh, weird thing record will do, uh, how much Mantel makes will eat a uh, great tech line. <laughs> we'll see more echo, uh, you know, Hey, will Sid come up with some mean, uh, clever nicknames. Uh, it, and like I'm, I'm all geared up for bad batch. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to actually see the band badge. So then when this comes on and the episode's going on and it's clearly like, wow, this is from a different perspective. Yeah. I missed the bad batch in this week, but in terms of the big picture of what this is doing for the whole show, for mm-hmm. the storytelling of star Wars, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I, uh, so much that I can just put aside like, yeah, I personally missed the bad batch. Cause I got, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was excited to spend some time with my buddies, but I will next week. This is, Similar, similar, maybe not, not, not one for one kind of uh, the same, but the, the idea of uh, you know, going back to Star Wars Rebels and the Maul Kenobi, not just the episode, but kind of some of the stuff with Maul did kind of, you know, was like over here to the to the right. And then at the end of the day, like it, it, it's some of our, our favorite stuff, but also just so, so part of the core themes of that show. And I think this kind of served that purpose. Absolutely. I mean, I think what I liked about it is it moved Bad Batch even closer to the Clone Wars in that it felt a little bit more like the Clone Wars approach that Clone Wars definitely does have main characters as a spine, but it's an anthology show. And, you know, especially if you were watching it week to week when you uh, tuned in, like maybe you're going to get Anakin, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan or who knows, maybe you're just going to spend this entire episode with a droid or Hattie Mundy, you know, you don't know. So I kind of liked a little bit of that anthology vibe returning. Mm -hmm. I understand people saying like, well, it's not an anthology show. It's called The Bad Batch. Yeah. Uh, But I like that vibe uh, for myself. And I think for me, one of the things that I was really intrigued by since the very beginning is this idea of the Bad Batch as interesting characters to explore, but also just uh, tour guides <laughs> mm. for this horrific era. And yeah. this, every episode, uh, in every, every episode of this podcast where we discuss it, I'm really excited about this is really painting the picture of how all of these different key people, key locations react to the the horrifying reality of what the empire is versus what they claim to be mm. and this uh really really just put that on the on the table of yeah that it, that's not a like a little sub theme mm-hmm. that's a large point you know the mm-hmm. that great poster they released uh where it's got our main characters but then the, the giant hologram of the emperor floating ahead like uh, floating above them all as like that poster's playing fair this Mm -hmm. story is about the bad batch the titular characters but it is also the story of the whole galaxy dealing with the uh sudden terror of the empire and i was just really happy to see that they were just fully embracing that that is a big part of what the show is 
Yeah, and there's some very, uh, very important moments and realistic moments in this one with with Champ Sandula that we're going to talk about that go back to what you talk about of let's really look at what's going on and these characters you love and these arcs you've loved in the Clone Wars and some of them come back in Rebels. But now we're going to actually go to the turning of the page and what that meant and, and how these these characters dealt with the here and now of, of the Empire coming in. And, and it, it really uh, that was really effective. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that if you're just watching the Bad Batch, this is an effective episode because Hera is a great guide through this uh, yeah. and it makes these, this great bond with Omega. Uh, but if you're a long-term fan, you know, certainly you're excited by this uh, Hera prequel uh, to, mm-hmm. from Rebels, right? But uh, for us, having relatively recently watched some of those early seasons of Clone Wars for, for our Clone Wars report show, like I was thrilled to suddenly realize like, I am watching a pretty direct sequel to the episode Liberty on Ryloth. Like, <laughs> we'll talk about it in the canon section. They're like direct quotes from Cham and from Orn Frita that you could do an ironic jump cut to this episode. And it's it's really rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good ironic jump cut? An ironic jump cut of like, <laughs> I, I swear we won't do this. Oh, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> uh, last big picture thing for me uh, of uh, overall reaction is, even though Bad Batch uh, were basically a cameo in the episode, I do feel like they're really being set up uh, to to show up next week. But I, what they were doing is so important. Uh, Hunter is still kind of not making a concrete decision about what he thinks the squad should be, uh, mm-hmm. other than you know a a family that uh, that includes and protects Omega. He's really clear on that, uh, but he's he's resisting all these nouns and yet he is being nouns yeah. <laughs> in this episode yep. uh, directly nouns that have been brought up and challenged before he is an arms dealer for a rebellion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's saying he's, you know, echoes like, I don't want to be an arms dealer. And, uh, and Hunter's been like, hey, we're not getting involved with any of these, you know, rebellions yet. We're just, we're just trying to keep our head down and make some money. <laughs> and I think the fact that that is what is happening to the bad batch is a big, Mm-hmm. part of the story of the characters too that uh not making a choice is a choice i feel like that's yeah. a big part of the storytelling of this era in the fact that the band batch hasn't really made a choice about w- what they're going to do or how they're going to function they're just trying to keep their heads down by running arms for a rebellion against the empire yeah <laughs> like, yeah y- y- you made a choice even though you haven't acknowledged that you've made a choice yeah they're, yeah they're, they're, they're not only is it just kind of a cameo of the bad batch but they're just they're just you know it's interesting. They are just kind of there, right, for this uh, central funding of of a, of a fledgling rebellion. So I loved it. It just worked even more of just like Hunter kind of looking around like, yeah, I guess the kid can visit the ship. What are we? We're just doing a job, right? <laughs> this is just a Hold job on. like any other. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and again, uh, we, we talk about Sid. Sid. Sid has had all kinds of missions and all kinds of contacts. But yeah, she knew the Jedi. And I've seen a lot of people already discuss like. I don't know. She seems to be taking a lot of calls from people who uh, need some help to fight the Empire, or at least uh, push back. Yeah, if that's who needs arms right now, it could be yeah. just like, hey, that's what I do. But yeah, but if she was an informant to the Jedi, she might have some opinions. Yeah, and I'm not even, that's not even a prediction for me. Just like, I do love putting those little pieces down, and we'll see where they, see where they go. Absolutely. I, I think we covered big picture feelings about the fact that this was a really different story from a really different perspective. The Bad Batch mm-hmm. is, is not the uh, main characters of this episode. Do you have any other thoughts on that? Because I know that's going to be a challenge for some fans. Um, 
No, yeah, I don't. I don't have that. If 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 you want this to to always be Babbage, again, like you said, it's in the title. <laughs> we get it, and this made me. I work. I represent a lot of Star Wars fans that we we discussed it here before. Of just like, hey, uh, they were going to do a show about the Bad Batch. I guess we'll see. I don't know. And then I just continue to to love everything they do. And now this week made me miss them. You you had talked about it too, but just like missing them, which is one of those things where you're like, oh, maybe I do love them, and <laughs> and maybe just kind of revel in that for a second, and and as it all ties in. But again. You know, like some parts of the country, you don't like the weather, wait a few minutes, you know, just give these stories a second, wait a few minutes, see where they connect and see where the big picture uh, takes you. Yeah, I, I choose to view it as a positive that uh, mm-hmm. I missed the Bad Batch, that yeah. they might be tour guides to this story of the sudden tyranny of the Empire, uh, but I also really, really, really like my tour guides, and I'm okay missing them for a week. I, I think the other thing for me is I know that there has been a discussion among fans about you know, bringing characters back and feeling like even the Mandalorian season two. And now this show is not that the main characters are sometimes there to host, <laughs> yeah. you know, all, all your returning favorites. And I totally respect uh, opinions are opinions. And if uh, any fan uh, doesn't like that, then your opinion is correct for you because it is yours. But I think for me, this is also just a um, an opportunity to practice uh, Jedi acceptance <laughs> right. that, this is what Star Wars does, it, it, Star Wars animation in particular, and what they've done for a long time of is bring characters back, uh, draw connections, do big generational storytelling, um, have characters that you've met before, uh, that audiences have met before who don't seem connected, suddenly meet and inspire one another. And for me, I think that it, it just um, objectively studying <laughs> the, the stories this has been happening for a long time. This is kind of, I think, what you're signing up for when you're watching a show like this. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and yeah, we're always, uh, we want to be super accommodating to all thoughts and opinions here. This is not so much of a review of this episode. It's a discussion of what's going on. And one of the reasons we do that is it allows us to kind of look at all sides of it. And, and yeah, there is, there is like, uh, all right, we're going here, we're going here, we're going here. But uh, as a Star Wars fan, I make I can make jokes about it, but it's like it to me to me that doesn't make the world smaller. It it it, it helps me focus on on these characters I already love, but also their perspectives, their journeys, their experience, and then provides these real world examples of man, what would I do in that situation? And 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 therefore it just kind of expands the the heart of the story. But again, if you just like eh, it's Hera, da, da, uh, you know, I I I guess I understand. I I say I guess I don't mean that to, to be. Uh, you know, uh, an insult, but yeah, I, I just, I, I, I don't want the story of the janitor. Um, uh, and I was a dishwasher for three years. I don't want the dishwasher at, at, at the cantina. I want the main characters. That's why I come to star Wars. Yeah. You know? I don't want yeah. Godfather four to be about the neighbor. Yes, yes, and I'm with you. I, I'm. I was excited when I realized, wow, we are going deep. Uh, connections to many different points mm-hmm. in the Star Wars story. Uh, it, when you can get me to cheer for Orn Frita, uh, something's going right. I think. Yeah, Philomar voices him so well, but it, it really it was funny. It felt like a Rebels episode done in Clone Wars, but all brand new. It it it, it was all those things. It was a it was a Star Wars animated stew, and, and uh, if you don't like that, I, I get it. But I like yep. everything in it. 
it's all connected. Uh, we're all connected is one of the themes of Star Wars, and it is, I think, a truth of uh, modern Star Wars storytelling. Uh, with, again, uh, respect to people, if you just don't like it, that is, of course, uh, understandable. Uh, let's dive into the big themes and ideas of this particular episode. Ken, what did you think was at stake in this episode? Oh, man. Okay. This is always, I feel, uh, you know, I, I, you know me, I always go to these things that, that I connect with, and, and there's this big stuff about, I'll say you're compromising your morals or what are you going to do and, and you, the worldviews and, and, and what your goals are. And, and now the empire's coming in to maybe change it all. There's these big things at play, but I'll, I boiled all that down for me. Uh, the focus on the idea of, of, of trust hmm. and, and, and Cham kind of having this idea of, Hey, I, I, we have to trust the empire. Then he specifically kind of trusts Hauser and, and, and uh, then when trust is broken, which, which is what uh, his wife, uh, Elena, is that to say it? Um, uh, I believe so. Yeah. So, you know, what do you do? And, and, you know, what is Hauser? I'm wondering about Hauser. Here he is. He's still got uh, some identity. He's still got some individuality. Uh, what's he going to do? Is his trust going to broken? I'm, I'm interested to see if they just leave him or is he, is he part of what might happen next? So to me, there was a lot of, uh, you know, what is trust? How do you gain trust? How do you give trust all tied into this very realistic kind of, champs and do the point of view because he is exhausted and that's why he's I, I say he's willing to hear the empire out and it, but but here's the here's the thing is we we know right we know the empire we're in the background going don't do it don't do it because we know cham doesn't know he doesn't know what this right he might feel it and i think he's challenging on that there's even uh, goby kind of says I, I think you know what to do but you just you know you just don't want to face it yeah and and, and, and you just might not want to see it i think he says a lot but i, I so i was i was really moved by the moments when Cham is just like, yeah, but didn't we fought for this? Is, but is this what we fought for? And, and I want to trust, but what do I do when it's not there? And I thought that that was just kind of, a, it, it got me on a real level. Yeah, no, I love what you're saying. I think that sense of trust was really powerful. I think there is this theme running through it of uh, the importance of family and the longing for family and uh, and I think trust goes along with that in his family you know a strength or is family a weakness um I loved Hauser because this is the first clone that we've seen who seems to have some amount of empathy still mm -hmm. and you get the sense that he has been there uh you know for years uh since the early part of the war since the events mm -hmm. of uh, Liberty on Ryloth and that he has been by the Sindula's side and that he's kind of watched Hera grow up, you know, and mm -hmm. that Hauser almost maybe sees Hera is a member of the family. And now that's, a, I think part of what's really great and compelling about the cliffhanger is Rampart is, you, you know, telling Hauser she should be easy to track down, go get her. So yeah. I think everything that you're feeling about trust and uh, you know, is, is Cham at all right to try to put his trust, not in the empire, but maybe the clones, probably not. Maybe Hauser, probably not, is a really, really great uh, visceral emotional thread in this uh, in this episode that I think is going to continue to the next episode. Yeah, and, and I like that you kind of put a little of finer tune there on my point of just like, again, we know it's the Empire Graves. We know it's Palpatine, Vader, and the Death Star, and all these things that come, but in that moment, it, it, it just, it, it is, it is the clones. He inv invokes the name of the clone army there. They saved us and all those things. And, and that's what Tr Cham is trying to, you know, sift through right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I was pulling out some of the, the, the same things as being the, like the most uh, exciting, the most interesting, emotionally relevant. I think I was thinking of it from the perspective of 
this episode is showing us uh, what different people are fighting for. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Cham is so intent on he is fighting for peace. Um, that is what uh, Gobi is fighting for. That's what uh, Alina Sindula is fighting for. They're just not agreeing with Cham that they've uh, reached the goal. <laughs> we, yeah. we want a free Ryloth. We want a family that can live in peace, but we got to fight for it a little bit longer. And then in mm-hmm. contrast, I feel like a lot of our, our bad guys, uh, Rampart and um, in his own way, Orn Frita and even Crosshair, they're all fighting for control. They're selling this idea of peace, uh, but their idea of peace is having total control and having no one question them and, and yeah. you know, holding on to their power. Um, so I really saw this idea of sort of peace versus control. Yeah, that's great. And then with the Cham line, he and I want the same things, but different in approach is is, uh, is uh, something that's at the heart of the rebellion going forward, too. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, it, to dive into this just a little bit more, the most compelling thing about this episode is what you were talking about of Cham is in denial, right? Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. And we've always known Cham is like, you know, hey, if you're going to do a Star Wars ranked of uh, resistance fighters who will not bend, who will not back mm-hmm. down, Cham is... <laughs> right up there uh, competing with Sagarera for the number one spot, right? Yep. Uh, has been our Star Wars understanding of him. So that's partially what I like about having uh, an episode like this that is uh, between mm-hmm. Clone Wars and Rebels and revisiting a character and surprising us and reminding us that just because a character is like this at this point in their life and this point in their life doesn't mm-hmm. mean there's not a different moment for them. And it is yeah. so powerful and so believable to see unbreakable won't back down cham sindula just be in denial because he wants to believe that this peace could be real for his planet but i also think really really specifically for his daughter like i think mm-hmm. he is lying to himself for hera you know yeah no my, my hope is that you won't ever have to live a life like mine it's one of my favorite little scenes in, in the last few years in star wars animated or or live action programming i love that little moment because i think it's 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 what you're talking about and uh, you know i think you're politely dancing around it but it, it it's in, it invokes luke and last jedi <laughs> this <laughs> idea of yeah the hero or the person you know has these little moments of realistic doubt or failure and and and, and and confirms maybe who they are. And, and maybe we all need those moments to, to gut check and challenge and challenge ourselves. And yeah, denial's not a, not the, not the wrong term here. I, I, I get where Cham is at when he's leaning over the railing, just going this it's exhausting and it's dangerous and people die. And you know, you got Hauser, a clone buddy going, Hey, you fought for this. That's a great yeah. statement, right? This is, Hey, this is what you fought for. And you did it buddy. Yeah, you did it. You got the finish line and he's got a, are, are they still on the race? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think it, it's got these great real world uh, uh, influences to me of, you know, uh, certainly American resistance to World War II. Like you call a war, <laughs> the mm-hmm. war to end all wars. Right. And then whether or not the evidence is there, you just want to believe that your kids aren't going to have to fight another one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that definitely does uh, uh, speak to the generational story of, of conflict in uh in star wars in general but this is just such a great you know grace moment uh uh grace moment isn't the right word uh it's just such a, a great coloring that even yeah. somebody is as strong as cham can give into this right um yeah so i love everything you're saying he's got this relationship with hauser um he i think he specifically lies to himself i think about the clones right 
mm-hmm. because he's real resistant in uh, Liberty on Ryloth. He, he predicts this, like they're not going to leave. You right. Know? Yes. Um, and, and we can talk a little bit more about that in, in our in our canon section. Uh, so he back then, just a couple of years ago, he's ready to fight exactly this. But now he's he's tired. He wants to believe that Hera is going to be able to grow up in peace. And I think he's lying to himself by by placing that trust specifically in the clones because he's not being like, yeah, this big government's going to great. He hasn't suddenly changed his mind and thinks that Orn Frita is awesome. Mm-hmm. What he says to those people, to his people are. But when our losses mounted in the enemy closed in, the clone army came to our aid. We would not be here today if it wasn't for them. Uh, no love for I'm a gun die there, but, uh, <laughs> right. uh, but besides that, uh, it really is investing in this idea of, I'm not saying to trust Orn Frita, really. I'm not saying to trust the empire, uh, these clones, they fought by our sides. We can yeah. trust them. Right. Uh, and then it becomes clear that it is all for Hera. And then I think it really interestingly, when Cam finally breaks, it's because Hera is threatened. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, illusion uh, is shattered. Yeah, and then even the the actions and blaster barrel to Orn Frita's uh, fa- face and 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 that that kind of violence uh, potential violence ends when it, when it you know you look back and you see Harris staring at it. It's it's all about her in this situation in, in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then on kind of the the control side of it, I really love that this uh, whole series is really taking time to show us on screen those ongoing manipulations of the empire. Uh, mm-hmm. That oh, yeah. they are they're they want control, and they're selling it as peace, right? They're the Rampart and Frita saying the refinery is going to be great for the people. <laughs> we yeah. got your jobs, and we'll keep you safe. When really, like we are mining your planet against your will, and we're already controlling you and saying mm-hmm. what you can and can't do. There was a great little line from Frita: "With peace comes prosperity." And it's like, sure, but. Uh for you what is that what is that where's that prosperity going to come from the resources the people and, and what's going to happen here yeah and Orn Frita continues to be this um criticism of an indulgent politician who doesn't truly care about the people but just uh cares about keeping themselves uh in power having riches uh unlimited access to Nuna legs <laughs> yes which is a treat he enjoys um mm-hmm. and I really like that that he 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 is fighting to keep his position of power. He is still afraid and jealous of mm-hmm. uh, the natural leadership skills of Champs and Dula. So all that really tracks yeah. well. Oh yeah. Just that baseline <laughs> jealousy too. Yeah. And, and, and him of, uh, you know, Hey, he, he, he literally being told from Rampart, uh, you know, play your part. You're playing your part. Several times he says that. And now Orn Orn Freetown probably just like, yes, I am. No idea that he's being played, you know? <laughs> we all got a little bit of Dooku in us. Just no idea we're being played until the end. Yeah, yeah. And then I think uh, the final thing for me on, on this big picture theme of, of peace versus control, you know, Crosshair is under the Empire's control, um, certainly by some amount of uh, of inhibitor chip, and we don't know how much else uh, without inhibitor chip. And I, Hauser's, I think, really still trying to kind of play it as like, no, this is all. this can work out. Mm-hmm. he's in denial like cham is uh but he is helping the empire seize control yeah i'm in a tough spot cham you are hauser you are <laughs> it really is uh, uh do you have uh, other big themes or ideas you wanted to explore uh let me roll through there was some uh, cham mentions change and change being hard i just i think that's that's part of what we talk about a little bit of the, that gut check moment too and just kind of trying to move forward but this one uh, i'll just submit this one we always we love the organic versus mechanical here but now we have <laughs> spiritual versus technical 
I love that. Yeah, no, I definitely wanted to talk about that in terms of a, a big Star Wars theme. Um, but but the other thing I wanted to talk about, I thought the other kind of big thread was just this idea of flight as freedom, right? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. This goes along with what Cham wanted for Hera, is he wants her to, to uh, feel uh, peace and freedom. And this beautiful through line of Hera dreaming of flying, that just amazing shot of her hand mimicking the bird's flight. Uh, then that conversation that you're talking about with Omega telling her that piloting isn't just uh, like the logistics and the specs. It's, it's a feeling mm-hmm. and it, it's really kind of the, this great emotional through line for me where Cham is fighting to keep Hera safe, but it's got a little bit of um, a little bit of synergy, I think with Omega and her journey with, uh, with Hunter and the rest of the bad batch where mm-hmm. um, we as the audience know well, eventually she is going to find, uh, well, she does have to fight war, and that is horrible and exhausting. We also know that she eventually gets to kind of fulfill her dreams, even mm-hmm. within the horror of war, that she finds family and a sense of freedom, you know, on the ghost, even during war, yeah. which is this kind of bittersweet, like, yeah, champ, she's going to have to fight the battle, but she's going to find these things that she's dreaming of while she's doing it, too. Mm. Yeah, and 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 this really makes me want to watch that Rebels episode where they kind of reconnect, and there's a lot of family issues that play let, later on, right? And just to see, just to see how it all connects, and and father, and, and daughter, and parents, and and kids, and and a lot of that was at play here. So, uh, yeah, and, and and flight is freedom. Uh, it was um, they showed that beautifully. The great little touching moments. Yeah. Absolutely lovely. So let's uh, let's talk about those bigger picture uh, morality story perspective of Star Wars. Uh, you mentioned the uh, organic versus the mechanical, the technical versus the spiritual. That was a great little uh, discussion yeah. uh, between Omega and Hera about what flying is. Yeah, yeah, I um, yeah. Go ahead, go go no, ahead. Uh, I was just going to say uh, the the line in particular. I wrote down. Uh, Hera says to Omega, "The instruments help guide you, but you plot your mm. course." That's one of those lines that that's a, that sounds like uh, flying, but also just uh, the reminder that Star Wars is a a coming of age story, <laughs> philosophically about how you get where you want to go. I think that's a journey lyric or something like that. Um, <laughs> good karaoke stuff. Yeah, no, there's a beautiful synergy there, right? And we see it at play in, in a lot of Star Wars stories, and and it's a feeling, all those kind of things. And Luke turned he turned off his targeting computer. It's so powerful and organic versus mechanical. It's why why we celebrate it here. It's one of your favorite things, uh, Joseph. I know, but uh, it's powerful. And this 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 was a moment of synergy. This is like yeah, you you must be connected to both. And now Omega being on Camino and and now now under the tutelage of of, of Tech Wrecker. Records all emotion we know, so she's, she's getting lessons. But I, I thought it was a, it was a, it was a great uh, kind of co-learning moment for both of them. Real beautiful. Yeah, and it, it was a nice moment of intuition and instincts matter for everyone in the mm-hmm. in the story of Star Wars, not just Force users. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of great, uh, you know, Hera and Omega, this is coming of age, you know, dreaming of exploration, purpose, belonging, all that stuff was great. Uh, the other big thing for me is just uh, yet another uh, real concrete reminder that the Empire is very bad. <laughs> yes. Like, not just a different point of view to just really uh, uh, drill down on what is actually happening in this episode is a Rampart uh, uh Greatly injures, uh, mm-hmm. almost, you know, uh, assassinates a senator. 
yeah. <laughs> to frame a beloved leader so that the Empire can mine the planet for their resources without resistance. <laughs> I mean, just to, to really take a step back and like, it's not just, uh, well, they're, 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 some of the rules are kind of limiting, but at least we have order. Like the, the at least we have order thing is a lie, right? It, yeah. It's not order. <laughs> it is people grabbing power. Rampart shot a senator who should have legitimate power, right? Yeah. Yeah, I wrote down the Empire's foot is stepping down. We're, we're literally seeing it happen here. The In the refinery being online for the greater good and they can sell it as they as they want. But uh, And that is what I've just... I, I, I think going into the show, you, me, and a lot of uh, listeners and, and for, uh, Star Wars fans were, were interested in seeing this kind of stuff in the show. But now that it is actually there, going back to some of the, the, the first couple episodes... I, I just I love just seeing these characters, you know, in these worlds you love and free Ryloth. And if you're a fan of the book, Lords of the Sith, and you know where what I get to. I just love going to these moments where everyone, the water, the the boil is happening <laughs> and and you're in the pot. And are, are you realizing it? Are you going to get out? Are you feeling it? It's it's really compelling. Yeah, yeah, that is that is a great and terrifying metaphor because this is a a fun show with charm and heart. But now I'm going to think about it the next time uh, we sit down to watch uh, <laughs> next week's episode. Is like yeah. I'm ready to boil in the water of terror. Yeah, we are all <laughs> lobsters in the empires too. <laughs> exactly. Any mm. other big Star Wars themes before we take our break? Other than I just don't want lobster stew, but that's another conversation. No, uh, there's no some big stuff, giant big stuff. This episode. Really had a ton of heart and heart that connects to the big questions that Star Wars is always asking us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And kind of went back to the Clone Wars tradition where like, yeah, there's, we're going to talk moments of action, moments of comedy. Uh, but this was not uh, a whiz bang thrill ride. This was much like the Clone Wars would do and Rebels. Like this is mostly about family and politics. And, and that mm -hmm. is, you know, those things are important in Star Wars. It's a big part of the story. Absolutely is. It's a family. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, we are going to uh, take a pot, uh, take a pot. I was going to say take a break from uh, boiling in our pot of stew, but I said we're going to take a pot. Uh, so we're going to take a quick pot, and we will be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J E N I L A N D A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa1138. And we are back from our break. Not our pot, our break. I've got a handle on it now. We are returning from our break to discuss all of our favorite uh, little moments, uh, action, comedy, uh, big canon connections. Ken, let's talk about action. There weren't a, there wasn't a ton of action moments in this episode, but what were your favorites? Which is an interesting point because uh, I, 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 the second time I view it is when I go for these detailed action moment notes and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, there's a lot to choose from. And then I was like, oh, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of talking in this one. Um, <laughs> but uh, I love uh, uh, Champ spearing the clone trooper off the speeder. Real thunk, just, just gets flips that uh, spear at his hand and just kind of chucks it. Oh, that was that was good. It was, a, it was a great moment of action, and it I just felt it emotionally, too, of, like, Cham's like, okay, look, we just, we need to put our weapons down. I think we've won that piece that we really wanted. Nope. All right. Then I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. watch out for anyone in my way. I am an expert uh, space lance thrower. Yeah. 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 So Cham, Cham's lance throwing was definitely one of the big ones for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in that big burst of action at the end, one of the other moments I like is 
that one clone's just very bad day uh, that they're trying to speed away and uh, some of the uh, the Twi'lek resistance fighters uh, shoot him off his bike. The bike explodes, the speeder explodes, but he manages to get off. He just climbs to his feet in time to be zapped in the back by Cham. <laughs> yeah, okay. is that the, yes, okay, so that's the other, so I love that moment. Uh, what I love specifically about it is Cham calmly walks up to him. Like he's just taking a nice stroll in the park and it's like, I've done this before. I am a fighter. It was kind of chilling in a way. And I love that little beat. Oh yeah. No, I mean, and I think, you know, it's sad when we realize Cham is being played, but all the resistance fighters have that like, yeah, no, this is kind of the, the, the old story of, you know, fighting people on their home turf. Like they know that Canyon, they know their moves. There's, there's a lot of confidence in the resistance fighters. And then it's, you know, sad when we realize like, yeah, they were played. Yeah. 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 Uh, Other action moments for you. Uh, none specific. There, there was a, a lot about it. I mean, this is again. We'll say it. We said a beautiful episode. Even the action was shot well. Even when the when the ship when 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 uh, Crosshair shoots uh, uh, Gobi's ship and, and and the engine explodes. Even that was really beautiful for me this this week. Yeah, that was that was a great and terrifying little action moment. Uh, this is a weird one to put in there, but it's my final action moment. Is uh the brutal Orn Frita headshot. <laughs> You're not uh, sure. You're not wrong. I loved it. <laughs> it was. It was. You knew that Rampart was planning something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He's getting crosshair in position and the way he was playing everything. But just like the suddenness of it and the brutality of it, um, and uh, I, I literally did a whoa. Like, <laughs> uh, it's just it was one of those storytelling moments, story through action that is like really bold and really decisive. Uh, that that is how far Rampart is willing to go. And then, uh, and then I immediately thought, like, finally, uh, someone's head has a worse day than Wrecker's, and that was kind of a nice break. Yeah, someone, uh, poor Wrecker. He got to, he got to wake up. Um, yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, no, the 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 Orange thing. We'll talk about the canon connection of all. It just, I, yeah, we'll we'll talk about. I I really like that moment and kind of want it to go one way. I'll just say that. Okay. <laughs> it's all right vague you just jogged something in my mind of the first time i saw it uh last night uh when we were, and i just i just was like yeah i hope he's dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh we'll, we'll 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 put a pin in that uh yeah. not in orn frita's head we'll put a pin in that topic and we'll get to it uh, when we get to canon does that sound good totally 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 the right thing to do excellent then let's move on from a senator <laughs> Uh, being used as a a tool to be shot uh, to moments of comedy, whimsy, and weirdness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think there was uh, as many moments of comedy in this episode as there are in some, but I did definitely think there were great moments of comedy and and whimsy and weirdness. What were some moments for you? I'll just start with the the whimsy of of, uh, Hera. You you mentioned the flight is freedom is is a wonderful way to look at and just looking in the sky, seeing, seeing the birds and putting her hand up there and the great music cue and everything. That's just a wonderful, it's magical. It's beautiful. It's got a lot of heart, but just kind of the whimsy of, of youth too. And, and even at one point she had these, these dreams, like you said, she kind of, in a way, from a certain point of view, goes and, and really lives those dreams um, with, with great cost and great importance, importance attached to it. She's just not uh, tooling around the galaxy, having fun, but I, I love those little moments. And, but then coming back later and just her learning to fly, I forget the exact line, but it's just like uh, coming in at uh, one, two, six. Is that good? I just, I just, I thought that was really sweet. 
Yeah, no, I think it worked really, really well for the emotions of this episode, and it just works really well for the character. It is one of the mm. things that distinguishes Hera. She is a great, great pilot. So I thought that was that mm. was great moments of uh, of whimsy and and even the way that you know her uncle Gobi <laughs> plays her. Like I can't come along. I was like, all right, I was going to let you fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a very, very well done. A uh, little manipulative there on on Go Uncle Gobi yeah, uh, this part, but. Um, my first moment of comedy, whimsy, and weirdness, and I kind of think it's all three, is uh, Orn Frita is his nervous habit of stroking his leku when he's nervous. <laughs> when he's upset that his speech isn't going well and knows that everybody's going to respond to Cam basically saying the same thing but better. And he's yeah. just up there in front of <laughs> all the Twi'leks and Rampart and everybody just stroking away on his leku. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, stroke your leku. Stroke your leku, Orn. Uh, uh, I would probably have that nervous habit, but I try not to do it in public. I, yeah, yeah, it's weird. If I have a nervous conversation, I rub my uh, left temple a lot. Just kind of <laughs> scratch it. I can see it. So that's my. No, that, that's good. You'll look like Columbo about to solve <laughs> something then. <laughs> and another thing. Uh, what are some other moments for you? Mm. Well, I, I don't want to step on the tech stuff um, and the Omega <laughs> stuff, but <laughs> all of it, it was it was wonderful. Yeah, that. So I wrote down this specific line. It, Omega says it in such a sort of a bouncy way uh, when yeah. it's when Hera asks her if she flies. <laughs> Omega says, "Tech won't let me train until I can recite all the ship's specifications from memory." <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. It is so funny. It was one of those moments of uh, Tech has a, a funny line too later about what yeah. feeling, but. That was the line for me. That was like the best comedy line. Yeah, no, Omega Omega sets up up the what feeling line, which I, I thought was great. Uh, just because uh, Tech is genuinely like, what what do you what are you talking about? He probably is still talking about it as they were flying home. Like, yeah, what, like that's just not, like I, I I tried to look it up in the database. Uh, how do how do feeling how do pilot feelings work? <laughs> yeah, and then you can just imagine Tech and Omega having that conversation earlier of just can I fly Tech? Well, do you know these specifications? Get memorizing. Yeah, well, it's just so the the that great again comedy of tech legitimately having that perspective, but maybe there is that possibility of tech being nervous to let somebody else fly because mm -hmm. she clearly mm -hmm. knows all the instruments, right? Because she's giving yeah. Hera the tour, right. <laughs> and I sort of like that it is in tech's personality, but also maybe a little bit of pedantic fear of like, okay, well, you know exactly. Uh, what the hyperdrive is, but you need to memorize the model number of the wires that connect it to the nav computer <laughs> before you yeah. can use it. Yeah, yeah. Very, very funny. Um, the other Omega moment I really liked is uh, when she was showing her around and saying, well, technically it's our gunner's mount, but when we're not getting chased or shot at, it's my room. <laughs> yeah, love that. Yeah. Uh, in the, are you in some kind of trouble? I thought you were in trouble exchange was that, that was, there was a little bit yeah. of like whimsy to that, but it was also like, Oh, kids, you're all in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, you all are in trouble. Yeah. And that, that moment, that moment remind me, I don't want to get too real or dark, but just like when parents have to do as the best job they can to not let the kids know that there's real life struggles going on. <laughs> And yeah. At some point, they're going to have to learn, and maybe that goes back to part of the lesson of the show for parents, uh, uh, you know, from uh, Cut and, and uh, Sue. But um, yeah, I like that moment a lot. Yeah, yeah, that was about it for me. I mean, Chopper yeah. has the uh oh, uh, which which is fun. But yeah, Chopper doesn't cut uh, cut loose. Uh, he's not stealing replacement legs like that Great Rebels episode yet. Uh, he's really not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other moments for you? 
No, I'm with you. That was kind of it, but the, it, all worth it for the Omega tech stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, let's dive in then to canon lore connections to other episodes. Uh, there's a ton of stuff uh, going on, a ton of characters we've seen before. Uh, I wanted to highlight a couple of the the specific connections and get sure. your thoughts on them, Ken. Totally. Because uh, I feel like the, uh, a couple of the episodes are implied, if not directly uh, uh, referenced. Uh, we've got the episode uh, Supply Lines, which is kind of the earliest part of the separate destroyed invasion of Ryloth, uh, where they're trying mm-hmm. to get... Um, relief supplies uh, from Toydaria, and that's a story with uh, with Bale and Jar Jar, but then we get the great the Jedi, I'm gonna die, uh, really trying to defend Ryloth. Um, and then uh, we have that whole Ryloth arc at the end of season one of Clone Wars, but specifically the third episode in that arc, uh, where Mace is the main Jedi, uh, Jedi Liberty on Ryloth, um, where we, we see the, the plasma bridge that we see in the establishing shot of this episode, right? Um, yeah of the the city of lesu um but the the episode deals very much with uh mace kind of trying to broker a compromise between cham and ornfrita because mace realizes that he can't take and the republic uh, can't take the capital and kick wat tambor out without the help of the people who live there without cham sindula's help and so uh Cham and Mace have this great conversation uh, that I know you and I both highlighted and enjoyed discussing when we covered this episode on Clone Wars Report. Uh, Cham says to Mace, uh, I don't trust Senator Ta, his plans for our world after the war. They're old political rivals. Cham knows that Orn Frita is selfish and looks out for himself first. Uh, Mace says that, yeah, well, maybe Republic soldiers will stay uh, on Ryloth a little while after getting rid of the droids, you know, to keep the peace. And Cham says, Another armed occupation is not a free Ryloth. How long before I'm fighting you, Master Jedi? Mm. And of course, he is not fighting uh, the Jedi, but he is fighting the clones. Mm. And I did, this was one of those jump cut moments, right? Of yeah. or smash cut from Cham. You know that this is exactly not what you wanted. You, this is exactly what you feared would happen. Uh, mm. That Orn Frita is supporting this idea of like, hey, the war's over. What if the clones just stay? What if more of them come? <laughs> it's for your protection. And it only highlights to me how much uh, Cham is is in denial and how much he's desperate for the war to have mattered. Yeah, it's a, that's a great f- flashback moment there to, to insert this, this jump, cuts, uh, jump cuts that you want here. This is great. Uh, a good reminder. And, and just then he makes me just feel his exhaustion even more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then later when he when Mace actually does manage to broker a compromise between Cham and Ornfrita, uh, that dialogue is Ornfrita says the people have my promise that the clone army will leave once Ryloth is free of those droids. <laughs> so that's another smash cut to an utterly broken promise. <laughs> like, don't worry, the clones are here to protect you while you work in a mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and Cham says uh, he's not looking for power, that he only wants to see his people free. So Cham is, is sticking up to that. Like, he's not trying to mm. run against Orn Frita for Senate. He just wants his people to be free. So Orn Frita, big liar. <laughs> Cham, only lying to himself. Yeah, and you can, you can clearly tell that those those episodes, which are some of the first early, uh, you know, kind of great Clone Wars episodes, uh, you can really tell uh, those were probably studied and, and considered greatly. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so then an, another big canon connection is, you know, uh, Hera and Chopper. So I want to yeah. uh, zero in a little bit. Um, this is, of course, the same a voice actor for Hera, mm-hmm. right? 
Yep. Uh, but she has uh, more of a traditional Ryloth accent. How did you feel about that? I uh, I liked it because it, it comes into play in that Rebels episode where they're dead, right? Doesn't she she uh, she kind of breaks out the accent again, and uh, and that that has uh, meaning, uh, importance, uh, and good good and bad ways of of what she becomes and what she tries to distance herself from uh, later on, and part of the feud with her her father. But I really loved it here. I really thought everything about Hera was handled so well. Whimsy does come to mind, but just heart and and beauty before you know uh, just the situation being this sweet almost naive beauty before uh the darkness really comes into the galaxy in her own life if, if that makes sense um so to, to see her at this point just looking up and dreaming and just and just taking in the beauty of the galaxy uh wonderful stuff but adds so much weight to her story now it's like i, I really it's, i i, I kind of want to start picking up rebels again you know yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there are those those two specific episodes that you know I, I was fo- focusing on the Clone Wars for the kind of the history between uh, mm-hmm. Cham and Orn Frita, but a lot with Hera and Chopper is like so looking forward um, mm-hmm. to the the Clone Wars, right? That you know Chopper is called out uh, as being a veteran of the Clone Wars, right? Uh, yeah. So that's great to see him, you know, in that general era and probably in a little bit of better shape and, you yeah. know, uh, maybe a little bit better mood. <laughs> little bit. Uh, but that was uh, great to see him in setting up so much uh, for the future with a lot of these same characters in, in Rebels episodes. When Hera says to Omega that it's always been her dream to live on a starship, was that dancing too close to just being on the nose to you? Uh, no, because kind of going back to what, what I was saying, it's just like, you're like, you're, you're going to get that, but life's sometimes those dreams you get, <laughs> not the way you, you specifically dreamed. And, and so while there's some darkness and tragedy that's definitely coming in her life, there's also great, um, great victories, uh, figurative and, and literal, I suppose, but just, uh, you know, knowing that this character is already on that journey. Uh, that's one that I think that's big in star Wars to me. It's like you, you're looking out on the twin sons and you're dreaming of something big, but you are already starting wherever you're going to go. You're already on that path. Hera's there. She's going to get there. She's going to learn that it's different. And that's actually better. Yeah. And I certainly understand uh, people who are like, okay, uh, I, I don't like it when characters just describe exactly what they're going to do. You know, this is sometimes mm-hmm. some of the criticisms that come up with anything that's sort of a at all prequel like, you know, I think the same right. kind of thing uh, where maybe some fans are, are frustrated with movie solo because it, it explains things too much or sets things up too much. So I know that there's that sentiment out there. I get that and I respect that. I think for me, I have that moment for myself. It's like, is that too on the nose? And then mm-hmm. for me, it just isn't because I love specificity in characters. And I love mm-hmm. this idea that exactly as you're saying, this is the specific dream she has, not just the being a pilot and a sense of freedom is very emotional and, mm-hmm. and uh, beautiful, but this is so concrete of like, damn, wouldn't it be cool to live on a starship and you're out there uh, free and you can go where you need to go and you're with your family. And it is this great Star Wars story of, you know, accept the things that you can't change and then take action on the things you can. Like she can't help that this is the galaxy that she's in, that the Empire is doing this and that everybody else has to respond to it. But within that, she can make this dream come true. Yeah. 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 Getting there, but in a different way, uh, you know, going from your, your childhood dreams, I don't, it, it, it's something that always resonates with me of just like, sometimes I have to take stock and be like, Oh, I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do. It's just along the way, there's cuts and bruises and scars and heartbreaks and joys. And you know, you just don't know it. You're about to experience it, but you could end up kind of right where you wanted. 
Yeah, no, it's it is really powerful. I gotta I'm not gonna dive into personal life, but I, I have a, a thing where I'm like, hey, I have to remind myself that this that I, I'm, there's a thing happening that is what I wanted to happen. I just didn't picture it this way when I was a kid. <laughs> so you got to be able to to reframe. Uh, thanks, Star Wars. Uh, any other thoughts on Hera and Chopper? Uh, it was uh, it just it just was fun. I, again, I, I all these things we're saying about hey, these characters come back and maybe you like it or not. Yeah, I totally get it, but I just think. It, it, it's it's not I don't want to say the Filoni verse because there's so many other people creating this show and uh, and Dave's not on it day to day we know and he gets all he gets all the credit we know and he deserves it but I just he, they, he has done and his team we'll we'll say has done a great job of creating these characters that you can slide back and forth on the timeline and I think get to enjoy them in a new way and and get more of their story and 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 when I saw it was Chopper I I I, I let out kind of like a hey hey. Which again, joking jokes aside, I going back to season one of, of, of Rebels, I I would not have guessed that that'd be in that position. And it's just uh, when you let let Star Wars tell the story it wants to tell, and I think you'll be rewarded by uh, uh, these characters. Yeah, agreed. Uh, moving on then to a pretty major character in this episode, uh, Uncle Gobi Gobi Glee. Uh, he has popped up a lot of different places. Uh, he worked with uh, Amagundai and the clones in that Supply Lines episode. Uh, he does appear in the. Uh, the Ryloth arc in the first season of Clone Wars. Uh, he features prominently in that book, Lords of the Sith. And if people aren't familiar with that book, uh, Orn Frita also uh, features prominently. We'll talk about that. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Ryloth has been a problem. Uh, Palpatine and Vader go and uh, it, go to Ryloth. And this is all about kind of this, this group of people, the free Ryloth movement, mm-hmm. trying to take out Vader and Palpatine. So if you're not familiar with that book, it's, it, it really ties to th- these episodes. Yeah, yeah, Lord Sith is one of my uh, one of my favorites. Still, still, yeah, me too. And I read that before we were we were reviewing books, so you know, mm-hmm. at some point, <laughs> yeah. you know, if just we get bonus time <laughs> in reality, if some uh, magic happens and like here's uh, fifty seven extra days, we can uh, review Lords of Sith. Yeah. Um, then Gobi does uh, continue to appear in the Rebels episodes uh, in the episode Homecoming, which is I think this uh, that you're talking about that episode, mm-hmm. the initial reconnection between. Uh, uh, Hera and her father and Gobi and all these characters. Uh, and that's when we were stealing the cool Quasar ship. And then there's the later episode, Hera's Heroes, uh, which is about battling Thrawn and uh, Calicori. And, uh, mm. you know, both of these episodes also mention uh, this character of uh, Lena Sindula. Yeah. Uh, so a lot going on there. Any thoughts on Gobi? Uh, no, just good to right, right from the start and to have Crosshair staring across at him. Um, I, 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 right, right. I think I kind of knew what was coming. You know what I mean? I didn't, I, I, I thought this would be a bad batch centric episode, but I think right then in my heart, it was like, oh, we're, 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 we're laying down the, uh, laying down the groundwork for what's to come here on Ryloth. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so moving on then to Orn Frita, mm-hmm. uh, of course, uh, named, uh, because I believe that's one of Lucas's children, the way they said corn fritters. <laughs> <laughs> is the uh, the history that I have heard uh, of Orn Frita. Uh, he has a long history of greed and cowardice. Yeah. <laughs> Quite tracks, uh, a long one. He he appears in the actual prequel films. Uh, he is features in many Clone Wars episodes. And even if he's just a background character, he is always portrayed as somebody who is out to have the finest things, uh, cling to his power, and not risk himself in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, he is then in this Lords of the Sith book, which obviously happens 
after the events of this episode of Clone Wars. So here's what to, to talk about, Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the concern about that uh, headshot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm taking it as, since they said specifically attempted assassination, mm-hmm. that the Crosshair is shooting uh, to wound, grievously, horribly wound, in order to uh, frame Cham Syndulla. Uh, but... I think he's going to live to be in Lords of the Sith, but but some people are are thinking that no, there's going to be a massive canon change, right? Yeah, which which is fair to question and fair to wonder, and and we've seen some of these little subtle changes here and there. That would be a big change for me, and if that's the case, and if next week it's Orn Frita's funeral and it starts the episode, then I will I will deal with that when I cross that canon bridge. But right now, the second viewing specifically, again, I I, I was getting held up earlier. I, it's such a sudden. I mean, you see it kind of coming in a way you get ramparts up something but just it was a sudden shot and a thunk and it was really almost kind of aggressively violent for star wars in a way uh-huh. <laughs> uh that i was i was in i was on board and, and um but then i but and lords of Sith is one of my favorite star wars books still but i initially forgot i get you know in that moment 12 30 at night i was just like oh god they they, they killed him that's awesome then i thought like wait 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 a minute no no they they uh, they can't and it it puts you in a weird spot and, and sometimes you and i have been more on the side of let the story go the way the story needs to go and so sometimes i have to either eat my own words or face my own words and this could be next week the funeral of orn frito as predicted here in force could be me challenging that but I, but the second viewing attempted assassination um, how to use that against champs and doula, how to use that against just Ryloth and the people and, and, and cause problems actually makes more sense to me, but we'll see. We'll see. Gonna have to look, see where it lies. Yeah. Let, let Orn Frita, you know, massively wounded, uh, you know, parade out there saying this is what was done to me, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. It is a good, uh, manipulation, uh, to keep the people of Ryloth in line. Yeah. I, I do think it's going to be an attempted assassination. I was right there with you too. Of like, it was so harsh and it was like, wow. And so ends Orn Frita. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, Oh wait, no. Um, I think this is a great way to look at some of the way that, that people have discussed, uh, Canon fans. And I, I've seen, um, uh, some, some people who work at Lucasfilm, uh, express it this way of, you know, the idea that, canon is that an event happened and then within the story exactly how it happened might be up to you know interpretation so some of the changes we've seen like oh wow uh, ahsoka's fight with maul on mal uh, not malastare on mandalore mm-hmm. is different in the ahsoka book than in the clone wars but but ahsoka and maul fought then you know mm-hmm. kind of over the same things um Kanan uh, and uh, Depa Balaba were attacked by the clones on this planet during Order 66, but the exact events that they shift a little bit. This would be the opposite of that, of it's not that, oh, well, Orn Freetod died, but it, it shifts over years when he died. No, it's like <laughs> it would be a different event, right? It wouldn't be an interpretation of the event. It would yeah. be a different event. It would yeah. be he's dead and he's not in that book. Indeed. Yeah. And I, I kind of don't think they're going there myself. Yeah, I mean, again, second viewing. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I think I, I it was so shocked, maybe slash happy of Orn Frito's death. I missed the uh, attempted, but it was it's very deliberate, very deliberate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a couple other canon things here. Uh, I really did like that they clarified uh, that this first mine, this refinery, is a Dunium mine, mm. and uh, Rampart is saying that uh, we really need this material to rebuild parts of the galaxy affected by war. 
uh, we know from a bunch of great canon storytelling in uh, in books and other places that Dunium is being aggressively mined uh, specifically for the Death Star. Uh, this is introduced in Catalyst. It is followed up in the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, there's a Dunium mine on Lothal as well. So that really adds to the extra like layers of, yeah, no, the Empire's bad. <laughs> yeah, Because they're doing all this horrible thing to keep uh, Ryloth under their thumb so they can mine their planet. And so they can mine their planet specifically to build a giant floating death ball. Yeah, I mean, there, there it is, right there, right. It, it's already started. The pot, the pot is boiling. Oh, there's that pot phrase again. That pot word. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's uh, I love that kind of connection, and and that is one of those connections that I, that's new modern canon. That was one of those schoolyard, uh, especially after Revenge of the Sith. How, how come it took them that long to build a Death Star, and and now to get these fun canon answers or just uh, more I, 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 and to tie it into the big picture of the empire just putting that foot down it works for me on a lot of levels yeah absolutely uh this is my final note in the canon uh section here ken uh blurgs now oh, the, the most featured animal in star wars yes that's my final note too three exclamation points are you happy to see the blurgs again i was also there's a crash y-wing i just like seeing crash y-wings i guess um <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's, it takes on even more meaning now. I mean, you know, well, their first appearance is what the Ewok movies, right? I, I mean, I don't remember that. Um, the Clone Wars, Rebels here, and, and Mando taking the cake. It, it's just so fun. I can't help but smile at Blurgs. Yep, uh, I fully expect to see both Kenobi and Andor ride a Blurg. That's yeah. just, it is dun, the way of things. Dun, 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 dun. Besides the Crash Y-Wing, any other uh, canon thoughts? No, I mean, big stuff. I mean, right from the start, you know, you're going to Lesu and you're going to Ryloth. I mean, it, 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 you just knew it's a big part of the of the Star Wars story, a big part of, of what happens, uh, the, the, both in the Clone Wars and now going forward and it leading to, to Hera and the Rebellion. So it was great to see all the connections. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so was there anything in this episode then that you disliked or questioned? No, I mean, the big thing is the Bad Batch making a cameo on their own show. But like I said, it I, I did not hit me till the end. I, I almost didn't want this episode to end. There were so many good things. And then when it ends and it's on hair and it kind of fades out, that's when I was like, oh, okay, what do I think about that? And, and if you take a moment and take a breath, you get, you get the big picture. I'm excited to see an arc. And you know we, we we've talked about this this uh, the old Clone War style of three uh, two or three four arc episode runs there you know we're gonna get that here I think we're gonna get a specific direct connection it's the show's done a great job of each week picks up right away and moves you along moves you along but you get this one you get a sense a little time has passed for the Bad Batch maybe a day or two at least I don't know a lot of Mantel mix had for this mission and um I, I at the end of the day uh, I, I really like what that uh, what that does for the show. Yeah, me too. I think it was a, a big swing, but it, it absolutely worked for me. Uh, and I'm excited for the cliffhanger. I think the other thing for me is um, I really did like that Crosshair was there because that did keep it tied mm -hmm. into this overall story too. And you got that sense of like, we're following the Bad Batch and that is mostly, you know, our, our heroic uh, members, but Crosshair is a member of the Bad Batch and he's there and he is leading things. Um, I'm curious to see where the next episode goes. Uh, I would, I, I was wondering if at any point in the episode, as it became clear and like, we're really going from Hera's perspective for Cham's perspective. And, and this is going to be, you know, by about halfway through the episode, I was like, I think this is going to be a Bad Batch cameo episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was wondering like, are we going to see a little bit more 
from Crosshair's perspective in any way. Like, and it might just be that he doesn't have a perspective because he's got an inhibitor trip and he's just like, I'm going to follow everyone and kick everyone's ass. And, you know, (laughs) yeah, uh, I I want to be, I want to control and and be a good soldier and dominate, you know? Yeah. So maybe there's nothing more to dive into yet until he gets confronted uh, by his old friends. Uh, but uh, I like that Crosshair was there, and that was the only thing I was like, "Ooh, could could there have been a little bit more?" But I'm curious to see where that goes. No, I'm with you on that. I, I kind of was, was laughing. I was like, "This is the the most uh, Crosshair we've gotten in a way from from the big turn, right?" Um, and then I just saw him. There's one point. There's a great shot, and he like walks out, and he's just kind of following. And just I just saw him as a tool, just a tool of the, of the Empire. And he, he maybe at this point he can't help it or can't help it a certain degree. But it, it it was sad in a way. And so I'll take it, and I'll wait for that big crosshair uh, introspective tone poem episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I did like the continuity of seeing that uh, his injuries. You know, because yes. when last we saw him, crosshair looked like he was cosplaying Dengar. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we've kind of hinted at it. Let's talk about hopes for next episode. This is pretty much a direct cliffhanger. Uh, Or Mm -hmm. it's kind of weird if it wouldn't be if like, well, they're chasing Hera. Anyway, uh, this is going to be a comedy episode next week about (laughs) Wrecker opening a mantel mix stand. Uh, If they go away from Hera being chased by uh, Hauser, the clone who seems to care about her, that would be a hell of a thing. Yeah. Uh, So it seems like we're picking up on that cliffhanger. Do you have hopes about where it's going to go? Yeah, I mean, I, this this idea of, uh, you know, Sid is a rebel, which I say very general. It's not, again, not a prediction, but just like a lot of people calling her with different needs, but a lot of them seem to be on the outs of, of the Empire, which just might speak to just, you know, it's a criminal underworld. You're going to fight whoever's in charge, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I love the idea of uh, that's kind of the next mission. You know, you're not just bringing arms. You got to go save, uh, save someone's daughter, you know, like, and, and, and you talk about no choice is a choice, but now this is your job. And, and, and to see up front, maybe even on a little closer level, they've seen some things already, the Bad Batch. Hunter's got enough evidence to make the decision. He just doesn't want to make it. So is he in some sort of denial? And does that, is he faced with that in this, in this episode? Yeah, I, I kind of think that that's where it's going to go, that uh, that Hera will make it to, uh, you know, other members of uh, Twilight, of the Free Ryloth mm-hmm. movement, uh, if, they, if they've if they branded themselves that way yet, if they have that name yet, uh, and that call will go out to Sid for help, because that seems to be uh, their contact, and that the Bad Batch will find themselves on another mission where it's like, oh, we're, we're rescuing a kid? Yeah, you're getting involved in the fight against the Empire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think there's, a, I'm very interested to see if, this is an episode next week that is framed from the perspective of of telling the Ryloth story, that it is about mm-hmm. Hera, that it is about Cham and Orn Frita. Or if, if the Bad Batch does come swooping in to rescue Hera, if this is going to evolve into the beginning of a showdown between Bad Batch and, and Crosshair. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I think we have to start building to that soon, right? Sooner than later, just really putting them in the same space more and more than they already have been. So yeah, I could see that. I, I, um, it'd be really weird if, it, if we don't get the bad batch too much next week. Right. <laughs> right. Like it would be maybe, but head, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Cause I really love I mean, that. Uh, I, again, I know that this is not an anthology show. It's called yeah. the bad batch. That said, <laughs> yeah, you know, the clone wars starring Anakin, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, uh, for the most part, uh, you know, also did four episodes of uh, R2 leading a droid squad, right? You know, yeah. um, I know they're not the same and I'm not comparing them, but I don't think it is beyond the realm of possibility that the Bad Batch plays a small role or even if they're there, 
that the perspective of the story is our, our Ryloth characters, our Twilight characters. Right. Yeah, I agree with them. Um, but I, I kind of think that they are going to lean into it a little bit more. I think one thing that I'm really curious about is I I do want to see the Bad Batch decide whether or not they're going to try to save Crosshair. Because at one point they just expressed that they were going to, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now that they know about getting chips out, you know, are they going to make that a priority at some point? Are they, you know, I think that's where my mind is going is if they're on Ryloth and they know Crosshair's there, are they going to say, we have a mission for, of our own too. We're going to get his chip out. Yeah. And then I think the really interesting thing to me with these big themes is if they get Crosshair's chip out, are these decisions just the inhibitor chip or is that who he's become? Is mm-hmm. he going to choose power and mm-hmm. control and domination of his own free will? It would be very interesting to me if that's kind of where they go for a couple seasons. You know what I mean? Like again, this little moment, if you remember the show, like it's just like an overhead kind of shot, uh, and he kind of walks out. He's following everybody, and it's just I was like, he is really a tool of the Empire. And if they lean into that, and he ends up emerging as some sort of uh, you know villain, a uh, uh, boss on a level here, essentially. I'd be intrigued by that, and maybe the, maybe there's some redemption later on. I don't know. I uh, but but. We won't know until they're sitting across uh, from each other again, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to that. Anything that we have not talked about that you wanted to touch on? No, I made sure I got that Y wing in there. Rest in peace, Y wing. I don't know your I don't know your story, but you look you look <laughs> you know they're so busy they can't even give you a proper burial. I feel you, Y wing. It's okay. Yeah, we'll we'll check Wikipedia and see if we know the entire uh, history of that Y wing from a story that we're not currently remembering. Really? Uh, two things for me: uh, Gobi's ship is awesome. Uh, that's just a great, Ooh, yeah, good. great Star Wars design, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it looked. It <laughs> sounds weird. It looked great coming and going. It looked cool from the front. It looked cool from the back. It like yes. it looked like two different ships from different angles. It was great. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Um, then the other thing I wanted to mention about this episode, and we've had this visual a couple episodes of a, you know a, a leader uh, on a kind of a, a high place talking down to the group of people, kind of mm. just desperately trying to sell the empire. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I, there's we've talked so much about the um, beauty in the animation and the the advancement yeah. in what they can do with facial expressions and with the backgrounds. There's also this great extra flex of like, look how many extras we can have in crowd scenes <laughs> oh yeah it's probably cheaper to make the backgrounds oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it's really great that we can tell this big story because we can afford huge crowds to boo the empire yeah and the the little moments they can do there's a one of the uh the, the lights the flashlight right and and then champ's got his hand up and you hear the click of the flashlight and the, a good old rack focus i was like they're they're just loving what they could do now it's yeah, it's so beautiful. A great job, everyone involved. Uh, as always, we're going to wrap up our episode with the fun question of toys. If you could have a toy or a figure inspired by this episode, who or what do you want, Ken? I think we need young Hera and Chopper, or maybe a young Hera and Omega two pack, right? I mean, I I, I I'd sometimes try to be fun and, and a little snarky with it. It's, it. That seems like what we need. We just need it. Absolutely, we really, really uh, need that. I think. I think uh, it's only a matter of time until uh, Hasbro Labs does a big, you know, uh, crowdfunding campaign to make the Marauder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it'll come with Gonky. You'll be able to, <laughs> you know, decorate uh, Omega's room how you want. It'll be mm. so great. Mm. Uh, so I want that. I want that two pack. Uh, and then the other thing uh, I need 
is a vintage three and three quarter action figure uh, called Battle Damaged Ornfrita uh, with a <laughs> with a wound with thunking sound effect. <laughs> the figure falls over on its own. Its hand twitches. You cart it away. <laughs> even darker. Even mm. darker. Well, this is this was a dark episode with some moments of uh, hopes and dreams yeah. and levity. So I think that is a good place to leave it. Uh, any other thoughts, Ken? No, I just uh, hey, this show uh, continues to reward me. Uh, I, I I love that we're here for this journey. But uh, if you have a, a friend out there who's a big Star Wars fan and hasn't taken the big leap, just sell them on it. Sell them on it. I, I've done it to a few friends, and I've gotten a great a lot of texts this past week of "You're right, the show's great." And I really believe in what they're doing on Bad Batch. That's great. Yeah, I'm loving it too. So with that, Ken, you want to let people know where they can find us? Absolutely, we are the Force Center Podcast, and we are at at Force Center Pod on Twitter. Uh, we are also on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. You can get an audiobook at us on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And uh, you can find the podcast in a lot of different spots, including Spotify and now Amazon Music. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Support us at the top tier. Get exclusive trading cards of me, Joseph, and Jennifer Landon, designed by the great Brian Ward. Follow me at Catnapsuck or go to my website, catnapsuck.com where you can get information for up, uh, upcoming stand-up comedy shows like July 24th at the El Corazon Theater in Seattle, Washington with Mark Ellis and Daniel Bridgegad. Excellent. Excellent. And you, uh, Yeah, you can find me uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all of my other comedy adventures, uh, including my other podcast, Obsessed. I cover a lot of different things on Obsessed, uh, but we also like to cover some of the big, exciting uh, new movies in the genre world. I'm a big MCU fan, so my wife and I are going to do a podcast discussing Black Widow that, as of this recording, we saw last night. So if you're interested in checking that out, you can find a link to Obsessed on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, uh, for myself, for Ken, for the wonders of Chopper, this has been the Bad Batch Report. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.